0: Hello. Hello. Welcome,
1: Welcome to, to Everyday Wakili. My name is Phoebe. My name is Doreen and I am Agnes. This is our 6th episode and today we shall be covering the three arms of government in the fight against corruption. The government of the Republic of Kenya constitutes of the executive, the judiciary and the legislature. We shall begin with the legislature. We shall be covered by Doreen.
2: Thank you Agnes. So the legislature is the arm of government that basically makes the laws in our country. The lawmakers in our country are the parliament and the senate, as of now, but also the judiciary makes laws through jurisprudence. So in Kenya, so the main um, law as regards corruption is the constitution, and this is governed under chapter 6 where it talks about integrity, as we had talked earlier in our previous episodes. And the other main law that we may consider is the ESCC Act, as it's the one that governs the ESCC as regards corruption among public offices and state offices too. Other laws that we might consider when dealing with corruption are the Anti-Bribery and Corruption Act, the Leadership and Integrity Act, the Public Officers Ethics Act, the ODPP Act, and the Anti-Corruption and Economic Crimes Act. So for me, I feel like uh, the legislation that is already there is a good step towards fighting corruption in Kenya. We had earlier noted this um both strengths and challenges as regards our legislation particularly in the offices of the DPP and the ESCC and for the constitution if it if we if we ever get there as Kenya i propose that we would have uh, an amendment to give the ESCC more power, in the sense that it is made an independent office, Mm -hmm. considering corruption in public offices deals with the people who are already in power. Mm -hmm. And it would be important to make such an office independent in order to save it from the influence of the powerful or any person in public. And I think this would make fighting corruption in Kenya easier, It might be difficult when you're starting out, but it will be easier in the sense that we have more faith in the institutions that have been set up in fighting corruption in our country. In addition to this, I think uh, our parliaments, both the uh, National Parliament and the Senate, they should come together in formulating laws that where they are not only considering themselves as targets of corruption but the general public as a whole when the legislature decides that they're going to fight corruption regardless of them being a main target as public or state officers i think the public will be having more confidence also in their lawmakers in the sense that they know the lawmakers they voted in are actually being truthful to the law mm-hmm. and the values that our country holds. Okay. So I think that's just all on the legislature because it's basically about law mm. and how they are formulated.
1: I have a question. Now there's this crisis. I don't know whether to call it a crisis at the moment, where the CJ advised the president to disband or dissolve parliament as we as constituted right now in light of uh, the two-thirds gender rule. Well, I'm just I'm curious as regards the fight against corruption. Say, say, say we may need to expand the powers of the ECC or any other body, insofar as you know prosecution, investigation, and whatnot is concerned. Do you reckon that any laws implemented right now by Parliament would be null and
2: void? Well, in my opinion, I don't think they will be null and void, considering there is a stay mm-hmm. by the court the courts decided that this is a matter of public interest because they had mm-hmm. received so many petitions mm-hmm. as regards the cj's directive mm-hmm. despite there being uh despite there being a word of command mm-hmm. telling the president to do what the cj has recommended mm-hmm. i think as as a person who values law mm-hmm. it will be important to obey the institution up, and if Someone has taken a grievance to court. Mm. It was prudent for me, mm-hmm. I think, mm. for the judge to say they cannot give a decision then and let them have a stay mm. for as parliament so that this matter is hard mm-hmm. so that no one will say the judiciary is in cahoots yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. CJ, mm-hmm. because we want the legislature to be disbanded because of the two-thirds gender rule. Okay. So for me, any law that will be passed right now, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is valid, still valid because of the stay. Okay. 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 Because of the stay. Oh, so, so. Thanks.
1: So as regards the executive, uh, I think that a lot of these scams and heists that we see in the media... Heists? yes those are heists when money disappears yes mm-hmm. it is a heist mm-hmm. so all these scams heists pyramid schemes and 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 all these unscrupulous activities and transactions in the government would predominantly be within the executive so i think my culprits i'll be covering the executive so the executive consists mainly of the president the deputy president the cabinet and the attorney general um This is under Chapter 9 of the Constitution, and uh, the authority of the President is covered under Article Article 131 of the Constitution. It says that the President is the head of state and government. The The President exercises the executive authority of the Republic with the assistance of the Deputy President and the CS. The President is the Commander-in-Chief of the Kenya Defense Forces, is a Chairperson of the National Security Council, and is a symbol of national unity. The main obligations of the President would be to respect and uphold, plus safeguard the Constitution, safeguard the sovereignty of the Republic, promote and enhance the unity of the nation, promote respect for the diversity of the people and communities of Kenya, and also to ensure the protection of human rights and fundamental freedoms and the rule of law. Now, uh, under his functions, his main functions would be uh, addressing and opening newly elected parliament, addressing special sittings of parliament, and any other time he may want to address the parliament. Um, he, has the, he has the mandate to nominate and appoint with the approval of the National Assembly cabinet secretaries, the attorney general, the secretary to the cabinet, principal secretaries, high commissioners, ambassadors, diplomats, consulates, uh, consular representatives, and um, the president shall chair cabinet meetings, he shall direct and coordinate the functions of ministries and government departments, and by uh, a decision published, published in the Gazette, assign responsibility for implementation and administration of any act of parliament to the CS. Now, further to all of that, further to all of that, and uh, in light of our topic today being the fight against corruption, the president has the mandate, the executive mandate, to give directives and orders that shall be applied to literally every government office and can and will trickle down and can also trickle down to us, the civilians, in the fight against corruption. Uh, yes, we do have laws that have been put in place by parliament, Uh, the judiciary does its part, plays its role in the um, prosecution, conviction and whatnot as regards corruption matters. But uh, say right now the president decides from now on I will be expecting a monthly report from every state organ, from every parastatal of how monies have been spent, how people how people have been hired, how people have been fired, the criteria for each and every transaction of every state government, every um, government department, then the same can be implemented and undertaken as long as it is in line with the constitution and any other provision, legal provisions. And then, of course, there you have the deputy president who is the principal assistant to the, to the president and who literally deputizes for the president in the absence of the president. So uh, as far as he is concerned, I would like to think it is a matter of goodwill Mm. if the president is present. Then the deputy president's role in the fight against corruption is more of goodwill and overseeing Mm. uh, how cabinet departments are run. And uh, yeah, that's basically it, insofar as the deputy president is concerned in the fight against corruption. Then from there you have the cabinet secretaries. The constitution provides that the cabinet uh, shall not have fewer than 14 members and not more than 22 members. We used to call them ministers, now we call them cabinet secretaries. They head ministries within the executive. Uh, These are people who answer directly to the president insofar as running of their departments is concerned. All their decisions are supposed to be in writing. They are supposed to act in accordance with the constitution and as uh, as we all know, we have Chapter 6 of the Constitution, which talks about leadership and integrity. Again, transparency, good leadership, fight against corruption, ensuring that they understand that um, their role, whatever it may be, is more of um, service as opposed to gaining power. So, I believe that CSs, Cabinet Secretaries, have an obligation to ensure that within their ministries at all times, anything that would amount to corruption, blue crimes, nepotism, unnecessary politics uh, here and there, they have to ensure that their, their, sorry their departments are run properly, there is no corruption, monies can be accounted for, everything literally everything can be accounted for within their departments.
2: And then from there then you have the AG a question as regards the cabinet. Or just a comment, maybe. Yes, we realize when corruption matters are whistle blown and now they come to the light of the public. Yeah, and they affect certain ministries. Mm. You realize that the people who usually take the fall are the PSS. Mm. And everyone is always saying the PSS are the ones on the ground. They're the ones who signed off this. They mm-hmm. signed off this.
1: They're the ones who understand the ministry. The, yes, mm-hmm.
2: because okay, most of the time you get that some are inherited from the previous cabinet. Mm-hmm. They are not usually from, just mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. You will find that they were from the still previous there, cabinet. Um, from the previous cabinet. Mm-hmm. So, do do you think that the cabinet secretaries are failing in their role in overseeing their in overseeing? roles in their ministries Mm -hmm. in that they have to lean on the principal secretaries Mm -hmm. to understand their scope of work and also they have put so much trust in them that they forget that they're the ones who are answerable as regards ministries.
1: I think so, yes, and which sometimes as an individual, as a a normal citizen, I ask myself why do we have all these people in the first place? Why would you have a a secretary to the cabinet? Okay, this is the person who goes to Parliament Mm. when there's a scandal, there's a scam, there's this, there's that. Or maybe just generally the National Assembly needs answers. Yes. So why then are they the ones who will go if at the end of the day the, the principal secretary is the one who knows the ministry best and is the one who will eventually take the fall and most likely be held culpable for anything that happens within the ministry? I think they are failing. Some of them, and not we all not of them. are
2: accepting it.
1: That's the problem. We are the ones who are accepting it. Mm. I remember when Cicely was made, Cicely Karaoke was made uh, the CS for Health, there, something came up. I, 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 it was something, a scandal about Afia House. Mm. Yeah. Something was happening at Afia House. Um, and I remember when she went to be vetted, she vehemently denied any knowledge, anything to do with it, and was like, it was the previous cabinet. So the previous years who I can't even remember who it was, the previous CS is the one who is supposed to come and... Explain. Yes. So basically you want the man, you want the mandate, but you don't want to answer. You don't want to be accountable for you know. For the response, exactly. You don't want to be held responsible for what you're supposed to cover, the docket you're supposed to cover. That's true. Yes. So insofar as cabinet secretaries are concerned, I suppose that is a failure on their part.
2: And I think that is also... A applied to our lawmakers, the ones Mm -hmm. we vote in, Mm -hmm. you find that a governor or an MP will always say, um, that project was not mine, it was Mm -hmm. the previous MP or the previous governor, Mm -hmm. so I should not be asked about it. And that
0: should not be the case because responsibilities are not transferred. Exactly. You're in that office and the functions will remain the same. True. So if you came in, the projects that are ongoing, you have to take yeah. control. So if there are any issues in terms of any um, corruption um, related... Take responsibility yeah, for take it. Responsibilities. Not take responsibilities, by but try and remedy what True. will happen. And you, you're the one in power. Use your Power within the confines of of of, 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 of law, the, of law mm. to ensure that the people actually be investigate and find out exactly the, this. This guy is to account, and so you cannot just say this the person who was in the office previously mm. has to answer. You're in that office, and that's true. Yeah. I
2: think people think when you are taking responsibility, it means you, you take a fall, yes, you mm. not take a fall, you're accepting that you have no you're actually cleaning you can say yes that has happened but this is what we are doing Mm -hmm. to actualize this Mm -hmm. to do this or to To remedy this situation but no one ever comes and says that it's surprising that no one ever comes and says yes that government messed up but we are doing this so that Going to ensure that, yeah, exactly. mm. I've never even heard
1: of uh, um, any government officer inviting the ESEC to come and yeah. investigate yeah, their investigate. office. Yeah. I've never heard of that yet. They can do that.
2: They have the mandate True. to oh, do that. They
0: have mandate. So it's like you're promoting or just, um,
2: you're assuming that when all this comes to light you will be leaning on it wasn't me. Mm-hmm.
1: Was you'll be acquitted or you'll yeah. just... Mm walk away from all of it. No. So, the other parts of uh, the executive, as provided in the Constitution, is basically the Attorney General and the Director of Public Prosecutions. Uh, I personally like to decipher it this way, the AG handles civil matters, the DPP handles criminal matters. It's the easiest way to understand it. But they are more or less the same person, the AG and the ODPP. The AG is the principal legal adviser of the executive. He's also a member of the cabinet. The AG represents the national government in other functions conferred on this office by any other act of parliament. Uh, the AG can decide to be an amicus curiae in any can decide to appear as a friend of court in any civil proceeding even if the government is not party to those proceedings. The AG has an obligation to promote, protect and uphold the rule of law and with, uh, I would like to call it the power of agency. Uh, The AG is able to subordinate their powers to other junior officers specifically or generally within the department. Now, insofar as this conversation again of corruption is concerned, the AG has a very particular obligation to constantly ensure that the executive being the president, the deputy president, the cabinet secretary, everyone else involved understands what it is exactly when you say the fight against corruption and why we cannot tolerate corruption within the government and what are the lines that are crossed or should not be crossed insofar as the fight against corruption is concerned. For instance, when you have um, a story or uh, a scandal, money has been stolen, this has happened, the other has happened, the AG is then mandated to step in and advise the the president, um, this is what has happened these are the legal provisions, this is what should happen. Uh, And perhaps even advice, can we please get an executive directive or order of how uh, state organs should move forward from this point. Um, Can you prompt this particular person, can you prompt this character, this office, to ensure that certain things are not done within the government? We also have the DPP, who is very relevant to this conversation. The DPP is covered under Section 157, Article 157, rather, of the Constitution. The DPP is responsible for instituting criminal proceedings. The DPP has the mandate to direct the IG to investigate any matter as regards information or allegations of criminal conduct, and we know a lot of uh, corruption instances would easily fall under... Criminal conduct. If the DPP or the office of the DPP gets wind of any particular allegation or information, they can then direct the IG to prompt the DCI to proceed with the investigation. And upon investigating and coming up with a report, the DPP can decide whether to proceed with prosecution or if the evidence presented perhaps is not solid enough, maybe ask for more or drop the case altogether.
2: They can also direct the ESCC to investigate.
1: Oh, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. They can also direct the ESCC to investigate any matters as regards corruption. Uh, Just to, you know, cover everyone within the executive, from the president to the cleaner, the security guard, every one of them is covered under Section 6, Chapter 6 of the Constitution, which talks about integrity and leadership. That means each and every person, I would like to say civil servant. Civil servant, public officer, state officer and actually across the board, not just the executive. They're all covered under chapter 6 and they have an obligation to ensure that they uphold the law, that they serve Kenyans and they serve Kenyans with integrity, transparency and honesty. Phoebe will take us through the judiciary. Judiciary is an independent
0: institution plays a vital role in fight against
1: corruption. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's should show or seem to um or appear to be independent mm-hmm. in, in in adjudicating corruption cases and generally also in dispensation of justice, mm-hmm. however, the challenges especially in corruption matters where we find the process is slow, cases are thrown out, and mm-hmm. all that and there are so many factors to it mm-hmm. and being an independent institution or other arm of the government. Mm-hmm. It's they are creating these um, lack of trust even for in citizens and all that because it seems like there's no willingness or mm-hmm. there's lack of will to to adjudicate matters. Mm-hmm. Well, in as much as we appreciate the external factors, however, when they decide cases, it it must be in strict adherence to the law. Yeah and based on the evidence and the law. While they're, they're independent, we also have seen corruption within the judiciary. And I feel like them being an independent institution, it acts like a shield because how do you balance, you see, um, them being an independent institution, you cannot just go, they're able now to adjudicate cases. Mm-hmm. But at the same time where they, they're they corrupt judges, I think they use, they use, the independence bit as a shield to also protect themselves from Public being... Public scrutiny. Yeah, scrutiny. Yeah, so then the balance, I know that they are, because we have the Judicial co- uh, Service Commission, which mm-hmm. plays a role in, yeah. in, in, in complaints you know, yeah. and all that, but is there effectiveness in terms of Judicial Service Commission playing mm-hmm. their part or their role in ensuring the complaints brought in of judicial officers are... Because how many judges have gone home? How many judges have gone that's the exa- disciplinary exactly. action?
1: Yeah. You will yeah. always hear of disciplinary action by the JSC, yeah. but you'll never hear of any punitive measures taken against any judicial officer.
2: And, and you, I think, I think, and I think that's no. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what created um, a lot of animosity between the executive and the judiciary mm. Yes. Mm. in that the executive re- refusing to appoint some of the judges because complaints have been brought against them. Yeah. And because complaints <laughs> had been brought against them and by, no one is... By credible st- yes, security agencies. Yes, mm. and no one is seeing like any action is being taken mm-hmm. against these people. Mm. Maybe what well, I think sometimes what people fail to understand is mm. Our judicial system is a bit is a bit tied in the sense that mm-hmm. it does not give uh, a judge or a person who's adjudicating a matter the leeway mm-hmm. to personally inquire about things or personally get involved in a case for them to Mm. fully understand they only rely on evidence Evidence, that is provided for them Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 our jurisdiction is adversarial yes adversarial Mm. Mm. and you find it very hard for you to make um, a conclusion based on your own intuition and Mm. your own knowledge Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yet what is presented to you does not tally with what someone else is claiming against a certain Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. and i think that is what makes people fail to understand why some judges are still there and some are not Mm. because you feel like you remember former justice Mm tunoy there was a case against him yes but he had the option of either retiring early so that he's Mm -hmm. not investigated Mm -hmm. or continue with his tenure and face the investigation of course he took the easy way out Mm. there's always a way out out. and you see for someone else who doesn't understand that there's a provision for such things in law will think the judiciary itself is covering its own but you see where there's a lacuna or where there's an option to escape something you will take the easy easy way out. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate that we will never get to know whether the allegations against him and maybe many others were true or Or false because of such a move. And I think until people get to really understand how a judicial system works, it will forever look like the judiciary is covering Carbon. its own. Mm-hmm. 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 It is not in at the expense more. of public interest yes. and public mm-hmm. order and the justice. And the way they say that justice must not only be done but must be seen to, to be, be, be done. done. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are doing justice, but it's not being seen mm-hmm. as That's true as done. Do you guys think that maybe
1: again we should? I know this is a long shot, but maybe in the long run, our judiciary should be one that is under the inquisitorial
2: jurisdiction, kind of. I don't think situation. it's easy. easy yeah. It's easy, okay. We adopted the Commonwealth way, mm. yeah. And I that don't think problematic. it's problematic. I don't think it's easy, in the sense that <laughs> jury duty. You want to mm. have jury duty. Yeah. You need to find people who are objective. There is always emotion that is involved in cases. Mm. I A think lot of It's issues. it is not easy. All all but, but do you know all can, systems have their pros and cons. Yeah. True.
1: True. True. I'm asking this because I know in France they don't have the judiciary, the ju- sorry the jury, they mm-hmm. don't have a, a jury, but the judge can can make any directives, like can ask for more evidence, mm-hmm. yes. can direct certain organs of government mm-hmm. to investigate to yes. surrender information, blah 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 all that
2: do, I think that. We, we, we if if it's possible, I don't know how this can happen, mm-hmm. but maybe open up the power of the judiciary to get involved in investigations the judiciary to get involved in investigations mm. but primarily in cases in order for them to understand to be allowed to be able to do their own their own mm. investigation, investigation. Mm. so that when they are question they can question matters on facts mm-hmm. and also and not just law based on what they are being given by the, the prosecution. yes the evidence that is being tabled if they can be allowed to You see the way commissions work, Mm. they can actually decide to go and do a visit site of a certain place or do something just to clear their doubts on facts Mm. or evidence they have. I feel like judges should also be given that option. It would be difficult, but I think it will be an easier way for a judge to make a sound decision to matter.
0: So even them given that power then it should be very strict or tightened to avoid any misuse, misuse of power. Yes. Mm. Because also it may it will kill, it lead cause, to it will lead to misuse, misuse of, power. of power.
2: Especially when you're interacting with the the parties to the case. Exactly. Yes. People uh, will have, have some mistrust. Mm-hmm. So, I mean as as already as it is already, people mm-hmm. think that when a judge greets a certain advocate or mentions that they cahoots. know in cahoots Good. well just maybe uh, your uh, colleagues and uh, you and you know it's, and it's and actually true prudence. it's a matter of prudence yeah. and i think sometimes even us as judicial officers we should stop that behavior <laughs> of going to court and you're acknowledging you know this person you know the other party as, okay maybe their advocate understands that you two know each other but the client but not the does clients. not no. understand why <laughs> The advocate is not being greeted. Yeah, and, and why you being cordial in, with the
0: judge? Yes. The same way clients have, because they think even for co counsels you're supposed to, not co counsels, but yes, are supposed to be enemies, but they wonder why these two on the positive, positive. Yeah. Why are you not hostile towards each other? Why are you friends? And, you know, but I think it's just something that we We need humanly. to stop <laughs>
2: such things in front of our clients. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: would you stop or just have to make it clear to the client in as much as I'm representing you? Because those are the things like, you need to mention
2: when you're taking a manager. I think it depends on the client you're representing. Yeah. Yeah, some know, yeah. but mm-hmm. some won't understand. Some want to know. They know we are, that is my nemesis. Or that is my, yeah, our uh, enemies. Yes. That's your enemies, brother. Sure. You, you just, <laughs> every situation in itself. In mm. itself, yeah.
0: So other than also judicial independence, um, the jurisprudence developed by courts, not, though not so many, um, we find that even the interpretation of anti-corruption laws are very narrow or very restrictive. Mm-hmm. So if you're already then it's seen, for even future matters, then it it's you know it becomes a problem on how to override that so I think sometimes also because corruption as it is it's very complex as people will not assume it's an economic crime yes. it's evolving depending also on technology on the political system at that time and such things and also the law at that time and if a jurisprudence creator at that time is very restrictive then it provides a challenge for the next for the next case so the future mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it is I don't know how that can be, but then it could be one of the reasons or one of the factors also contributing to um a slow administration of corruption matters or fight against corruption by the judiciary. Mm.
1: Yeah. Basically carrying out of their mandates. Yeah, carrying out in- their
0: mandates. Uh, you find also political uh, intermeddling of 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 corruption cases. It's it is now a culture where we find the interference. Mm. It's it has become normal mm. where you find that even it seems like the court is playing a part of it. Though I think how the political interference is, it's mostly when there's a lacuna in law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. so them political. Um, suspects to matters are not, are using that, but then now the courts are hands are tied because if it's based on the law then what do you do then?
2: I think as officers of the court we need when we are tackling issues in court, when the judges are the ones who are listening to the matters and getting to decisions. They need to be free from external influence. Mm. Politics will always be there, yes. whether there's a lacuna in the law or not. Same thing like the CJ's directive on shall, may, mm. and even the, the, the judicial, the, the and even the judge that this matter was brought before. Yeah. The judge could have easily said, in my opinion, shall means a must. So, these cases have been thrown out. But you have to realize that you are supposed to be very objective. It is difficult, but you're supposed to be very objective in the sense that you are going to use the law and the evidence only. If we now start politicizing every decision the court mm. wants to make, mm. people will also start saying now, mm. This judge that is there is... On this side and you know it doesn't look good for us as officers of the court mm. because people will always think we are taking sides instead of helping objectively objectively in the fight against corruption mm. and even other sectors of lawmaking and bringing um, clarity to the rule of law
0: yeah, yeah that's true mm-hmm. also I think not on that but something different on mm. the complexity of um, Corruption matters. I don't know whether because it's, it requires, especially not for economic crimes. There's fraud. There's exchange of money. No such things. Yeah, mm-hmm. specialized skills to uncover mm-hmm. the what's the evidence that mm-hmm. has been brought and all that. So, but then having okay. So the training is required for judges specifically appointed to handle corruption matters. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like there will be a challenge because as we as technology developers we move on, corruption cases will differ as time goes as, to, as time goes mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And to uncover that, you know, like, you know, the trend it mo- it will move on. They move on mm. depending on the on They will evolve as, as time goes exactly back. evolve.
2: That's I agree with you, but I think that's the reason why we have CPDs. <laughs> yes, is and I know they are for they have, those in the in the, They also yes. have constant mm. training. Mm. Yeah, they have constant training. Mm. But I also feel these are the forensics people mm. involved mm. are also supposed to be made party to such things because, mm. you know, ideally, that's why there's like the DCI, mm. the judge cannot do the DCI's work but they depend on the dci to provide them with good documentation mm-hmm. or evidence that they would know if, yes mm-hmm. that they know this is what i need to make such a decision and there's also um, people who are experts in criminology mm-hmm. i want to imagine maybe they have <laughs> units that concern such matters i want to imagine i'm not sure mm-hmm. but i think judges are helped by such professionals mm-hmm. and such professionals should be involved when there is training through the judiciary training institute i think the judiciary training institute is a very silent institute in the mm. judiciary mm. that is there we know it's there but we cannot feel their impact mm. as people who are outside the judiciary i think they need to do more, more. Yeah. I, I think you know as a, as a public leader and someone very close to
1: being the head of state, you know, and he can easily be a head of state, the chief justice, Mm -hmm. if systems break down, he's then appointed Mm -hmm. as head of state. Mm -hmm. So this is someone who is very powerful, someone who needs to understand, he or she needs to understand that they have a very particular obligation in the fight against corruption, and it is their obligation to ensure that magistrates, judges, and all other judicial officers are constantly trained educated and appraised on, you know, the the changing forms of corruption, if there is such a thing, is it evolving? They need to understand it's evolving. This is the kind of evidence that will be presented because this is what is being done. They need to understand that. They need to understand how computers work and they need to understand everything you know hacking they need to understand there's something called coding there's something called programming what does it entail what does this and that entail i'm saying that because i don't know if i should bring this up in the evidence act it's it's very very hard for a court to accept electronic evidence and that is where we are headed Mm. yeah Yeah. that is where we are headed insofar as fraud and corruption crimes are concerned economic crimes Mm -hmm. are concerned especially so, the it is the chief justice's obligation to understand and to ensure that, you know, his people, her people are being constantly trained, appraised, and understand what is happening so that they can give clear decisions when, when persons
2: are prosecuted. That's true. And for me, I think the judiciary is sitting on a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we are not careful, mm-hmm. not only the judiciary, but as officers of the court, we are going to be caught... Yeah, we're going to be caught flat-footed because Mm. as the times are changing, we are slow with the change. The change is happening fast, but we are very slow with it. And I think the judiciary, you see these trainings that people in parliament go, but they go for holidays. Mm. The The judiciary should fight for them to go and experience what other countries are experiencing in their law because definitely developed countries have most if not all have encountered such high stake mm, crimes mm-hmm. they understand maybe technology more than mm. we would because they have had first-hand access mm. and then it is boiling down to us as developing countries mm. I feel like so, even if it's once or twice a year I think the judiciary should fight for such training not only locally and if they cannot go abroad i'm so sure they are we can outsource yes we can outsource because the societies regarding law are many Mm -hmm. and the good thing about the legal space and Mm -hmm. the legal fraternity is like we like to learn from each other and Mm -hmm. we like helping each Mm -hmm. other so when someone gets an opportunity to go to another country to teach or Mm -hmm. learn Mm -hmm. they take it running so for me if they can invite people to come and teach so that we can learn. Mm -hmm. I mean, it reduces the cost and we get to understand. Mm -hmm. And it helps in our training, not only for the judiciary, but for the people who are coming up. Us Mm -hmm. as officers of the court, the next we might be magistrates, we might be Mm -hmm. the next Mm -hmm. judges, the next UG. Mm. I think the judiciary needs to fight for such opportunities, Mm. not just CPDs for getting points and Mm -hmm. CPDs to show that we are constantly attending
0: training. Yeah, sadly it has become, it's a way of just getting your points.
2: For you to acquire your
0: But I don't know whether we should have a different way of doing these trainings because they become monotonous in terms of how, and probably that's why people cannot sit for those two hours for the training. Monotony is not a problem. You understand why
1: you went for that (laughs) training as a judge (laughs) or as a magistrate? So when I come to court and present evidence, I expect you to have enough sense to look at what I'm presenting. And a judge. It mm.
2: I think um, for judges it should be stricter in the sense that your training mm. is not only attendance, but you are going to be examined. Exactly mm. be examined as mm. to what you have been um, taught, because it beats the point. If it's only attendance, I mean, then let me send you slides mm. yeah. so that you read and assume that you have read, mm. and okay. we all assume until you start questioning. Mm.
0: So um, lastly, I think the courts should. Um, Shun unnecessary adjournments. Um, it seems like, unfortunately, the officers mm-hmm. of court, lawyers, advocates, we have a tendency to adjourn cases out of flimsy reasons, and it's a way of of um you know to delay cases, mm-hmm. and for corruption matters that will be prevalent because um. d- depending on who you represent, especially political um, um persons, persons mm-hmm. you're delaying so that you are able to give to. For extension of time to interfere with cases.
2: And also to create a ah, sense of forgetfulness a, in people.
0: Yes. So uh, judges, um, should um not entertain these because, okay. because it's it's one of the contributing factors and you find like that case will take a very long time. You've seen the Anglo Leasing Golden Bar cases have never even been penalised and mm, no, you know, prosecuted. Prosec- so mm. it's it's um some one of the things that should be should be um they should shun, and lastly i think courts judicial the division the anti-corruption division should mm. maybe to <coughs> inspire public confidence mm-hmm. maybe come up with have a daily monitoring or an update of corruption cases because it's only during when the case, the first time in court, and then it's all over mm. the news. It's then you never hear about that case ever mm, again. I know it's,
1: it's extremely publicized,
0: and yes. then
2: it goes under, and under forget the carpet. It. So, I think all <laughs> cases of public interest <laughs> is, need, need, to need to be to? given updates constantly, constantly, so that people are not forgetting that these things are happening, or people have doubts that it's still in court or mm. ha- it has been thrown out. And it should be done yeah. on all platforms all platforms, all of platforms
0: media. they have so mm-hmm. we have the kenya law should they other than having the updating the laws and what is it called and judgments mm-hmm. they should have still in the same portal daily updates or updates on the corruption matters yes. and not only in that platform or on their website the social media just come up with ways where at least you're able to see because it's a matter of public interest and should not be taken lightly so yeah Mm. so in fight against corruption um, we cannot wholly attribute it to inadequacy or lack of laws they're there of course there there are those you know the the loopholes that Mm -hmm. are there but we cannot fully um, attribute it to the lack of laws or inadequacy mm-hmm. or lack of institutions or commissions or they are there and for us we should find f- solutions to mm-hmm. fighting corruption and it's a responsibility for everyone it's mm-hmm. not only the institutions um, um formed they are private so citizens private citizens should mm-hmm. play a part it's a collective responsibility as such we should not, especially for private citizens, mm-hmm. encourage it. Because we do encourage it because based mm-hmm. on the you'll say, Ah, I was asked for this money for them to mm-hmm. finish my mm-hmm. mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yes, trust somewhere. I'll take a macho. But then it's 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 um collective responsibility and I feel like private citizens are quick to point fingers to people uh mandate or have power mm-hmm. or responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Elected officials or appointed officials.
1: Yes. Goodwill. I think what you're trying to say is goodwill every citizen every organ of government We all must collectively have the Mm -hmm. goodwill to change our ways to not tolerate Incidences and instances of corruption. Mm. Well, Mm.
2: um, for me, I think I agree with both of you Mm. collective responsibility is key we always use rwanda as an example considering they got their freedom recently and we cannot always depend on following the rules to come from up going down it needs also to start from down going up because for me what i see how rwanda is doing let's just take this corona situation things have been opened you can see they are opening up slowly but every citizen ensures that they are following the guidelines brought to the letter. Yes, because of lessons they learned from the past and also because people have decided within them that this country is mine. It is not for someone else. It is ours. So I think as individuals we need to uh, love our countries and love ourselves enough to want want our systems to work, to Mm. want our government to be the government we are always crying for instead of always just waiting to complain and complain and complain I think Kenya we are a sad state we just don't know it because we complain a lot We complain more than we appreciate mm-hmm. even our systems even when someone does something good we are very surprised that such mm-hmm. a person is doing such a good job yet they are it's only doing their job, their job. Yes, exactly yeah it's such a surprise mm-hmm. when someone is doing their job because we are used to so much garbage and trash that we do not realize that someone doing their job is something that can actually work. Mm. And I like Giuliani. Mm. Giuliani said, Pedestrians on a pisha Magari, Kwa Zebra Crossing. crossing. Mm. It's true. There's a zebra crossing. People are running lights. You know, as a pedestrian, you're supposed to be the one crossing, crossing. but mm. you're afraid that city hopper pita or Kenya bus it's mm. and they're the ones on the wrong. When we start um, putting these things in our society, our values that our constitution, our flag emanates, the president, him as a symbol of national mm. unity, mm. you know, the Nyayo philosophy. Mm. It was a good philosophy. Peace it love and philosophy. Uni- unity. Mm. When we start putting these values within ourselves, I think we can have a better Kenya. Mm. It might not be that perfect. No 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 exactly country perfect. will be perfect. We'll always have those those bad sides of government, bad sides of everything. Mm. Mm. But let the majority be good. Mm. It mm. makes life easier for everyone.
1: Oh yeah, um well for my part and especially considering I was <laughs> covering the executive. Um, I, w- I would like to, you know, I wish the president could listen to this. He, ha- This is a man who has a lot of power, a man who can use his power to ensure that corruption is actually and directly dealt with within the government as the head of government, notwithstanding which, you know, docket, which arm of the government it is. The president can actually ensure that corruption is fought with in every... Um, state organ so can can he please have the goodwill to fight corruption in his government
0: thank you so much for listening to our sixth episode uh, please note that the content of this episode is intended to be of general use only and should not be relied upon without seeking specific legal advice please engage us on our social media platforms at everyday wakili on ig facebook twitter and i'm glad we now have our youtube channel Please subscribe and we'll be posting our episodes there. You can also write to us on everydaywakili Till next time. Bye-bye. Bye.